Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, I have two special guests today, Kevin and Steph Mason, and they have had a they have a very powerful message. And it's simply this. You can do it, which is amazing because they've gone through a lot. They these two successful people have had a have not had an easy life. Uh, They've been faced with cancer. Steph has been faced with electrocution, a brain tumor, infertility, miscarriage, and the threat of growing old without having any children. The medical experts uh, would give them gut-wrenching news and a bleak outcome over and over and over again. While going through these multiple life-threatening events, the Masons decided to put together a game plan on how to react to every obstacle along the way. Every mountain, every Goliath. And because of their journey of faith, together they live a life completely healed with three miracle children who surprise every doctor that they meet. Welcome, you two. Thank, Thank you. you. That was a great introduction. It was. He left out the part about you facing or you uh, living a whole life with me. So that was another, that was another challenge that you faced growing oh old with this guy. I was like, Lord Jesus, please give me babies. Give <laughs> me help. Give me peace. Give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go with one of the greatest gifts I've ever thought uh, God gives us. And that's the gift of humor and the gift to <laughs> laugh at everything. I, I think that's the greatest proof there is a benevolent being that takes care of us in these times of need. Because if we can laugh at things, we certainly can get through it that much easier. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, in the book we wrote, you met her where. We did. I mean, we've got a lot of heavy moments, right? You just mentioned a, about eight heavy things that we've gone through in our 17 years of marriage. But we talk about the fun stuff that happens too, right? The, the funny things like when I was diagnosed with cancer and peop, it, the funny stuff and really it's more than the dumb stuff that people would tell you when they found out you had cancer, right? And uh, so we talked about that, but uh, you know, I'd lost 37 pounds and people would come up to me and say, hey, are you are you in one of those biggest losers challenges? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> you're like, are you kidding me? No. And so you tell them, no, uh, I'm going through cancer treatments right now. And then other people ask me like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. What diet are you on? And I, I, I wish I would have said like I picked up smoking or something just to not make it as awkward. But then you would tell them I'm, I'm going through cancer. And of course they would just crumble. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, they feel terrible. But we, yes, you're right. We thank God we've still kept our personalities and we were able to laugh about a lot of these heavy moments that have taken place in our lives. 
Well, Steph, let's go back to you in this event that happened in the operating room when you were an OR nurse and that this horrific problem that came out. Yeah. So I, yes, I was in the surgery. My specialty was brain surgery, believe it or not. And there was a nurse that had to use the restroom and I was going to cover for her. And long story short, there's a piece of equipment that I needed and I went to move a wire that I was connected to and an electrical current went through my right index finger, traveled up my right arm, dispersed throughout my body. There were loud pops happening in the OR when it happened. And then sparks went flying everywhere. And my life changed after that moment. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a, a real horrific event. I, I mean, this, this, little electrical event ended up causing sparks, but also melted down some heavy metal plates, went oh. through your brain, melted a large part of your brain and, and literally destroyed your memory for months and months and months. That's right. So it, for lack of better words, fried the front and left part of my brain. I had short kick or short-term uh, <clears throat> cognitive thinking. I had short-term memory loss. I had cognitive thinking issues. I had hallucinations. The first month, if you were to look at my abdomen, it just quivered from the amount of voltage that I received. I remember us going out with friends, right? And if you just looked at Steph from the outside, you couldn't tell something was wrong. You couldn't tell that she had a, a brain injury. And so we'd go to dinner and Steph would be like, hey, Mike, how's your job going? And then 30 seconds later, hey, Mike, how's your new job going? And then 30 seconds later, hey, how's that job, Mike? Didn't you just start a new job? And it was horrible because like I had such anxiety and fear for what I was going to say. Because I didn't know I was saying this until after dinner. And he would like, you know, he was so good to me. But he was like, did you know you did this? And from that point on, you know, bless his heart. Anytime he had to, we would go out with friends and he'd have to go to the restroom because he loves his unsweet, nice tea. I would just like death grip his <laughs> knee, like, don't leave me. And they were our best friends. We'd go out with them, like, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Because I was so nervous what would be coming out of my mouth. Yeah, it was kind of like that movie, 50 First Dates, where you kind of repeat the same thing over and over again. That's what Steph was like. And again, people would look at her and they just, they couldn't tell something was wrong. But then once we started talking, it's like, okay, some, something's off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's scary. And, and you know, I, I've been a surgeon myself for, for most of my life. And, you know, when I think of this event, I, I think that's the most horrific event that I've ever heard of in an operating room. I mean, we build systems so things like that don't occur. I, I literally, we literally have every safeguard in the world so it doesn't occur. So when something like that occurs, it literally is something has broken down badly. I mean, badly, uh, because uh, it, we don't allow mistakes like that to happen. You don't right. want something like that to happen because not only the staff is at risk, but the patient's at risk in something like that too. That's yeah, true. You're absolutely right. That was the, when it first happened, I immediately came out of my mouth, is the patient okay? And they're like, yes, yes, the patient's fine, but how are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. But the whole time I was just shaking at my arm because it hurt so bad. And 
when I left, they ended up bringing me back and they said, Stephanie, you won't believe this room. There was ash residue covering the floor. It was covering the walls from about 10 to 15 feet where I was standing. So it was just the magnitude of what just happened. And people would like start coming up to me and they could smell me. Like I, like this singe was permeating from my body. Like you could be 10, five to 10 feet from me and they could sm- still smell me. So it was, it was pretty crazy. Well, you could picture the high amperage and high voltage that went through you in that event and how it damaged you so badly. And, and as you also said afterwards is you'd go see doctors and they didn't know what to tell you because yeah. it had never happened to them before. And You're they right. didn't have a, a body of knowledge that they can call on. And, and this is the problem with medicine, as you probably realize as a nurse, you only can know what you know. You yes. can't know what you don't know. And, right. and there's so much we don't know, so much. It's scary how much we don't know. You're absolutely right. I actually was so flustered because years and years, I was just going to doctors and they were just kind of like hoping they could help me. And I was like, I want, I want to be healed. I want to be, I want to feel better. I want to be out of the hospitals because I would get these terrible headaches and they would basically shoot me up with morphine to just knock me out. And then the headaches would, you know, go away a day or two later. But I contacted the National Institute of Health in New York and I told them my situation and they finally said, Stephanie, we are so sorry, but we can't even help you because what we would attribute to is like a lightning strike victim and those patients die. So we really don't even know where to go from here. And at that point, it's when I hit my lowest point and I was like, what God, you're going to have to do something because no one else here can. Yeah. And through all of this, you were trying to have children and, and trying to conceive a child and, and, and nothing was working for you. Nothing. nothing. Nothing was working. And the doctors are like, Stephanie, just don't even think about having kids. Like you need to worry about you right now. Don't think about having kids. Well, every so many months, a new symptom would happen. Hallucinations or memory loss. Well, my cycle stopped and I'm like, oh. <gasps> oh my gosh, why does your cycle stop? It's because you're pregnant. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. I'm so excited. And I took my test and it was negative. I'm like, that's okay. I'll take another test. And for months, I literally took tests for months because I just wanted a baby. And what we found out, it was just another symptom that was happening to me. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden a miracle (laughs) happened when (gasps) you were in Florida. Yes. (laughs) So we went to Florida and We, that trip, we were celebrating Kevin graduating his MBA. And at that trip, I was just like, I'm done. I'm done being sick. I'm done being injured. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to believe God that I'm healed. I'm going to believe God for a baby. So I started reading all of these books and one was called Jackie, my supernatural childbirth. And in this book, it was incredible of these women just becoming supernaturally pregnant And at the end of this book, my faith was so built up. I'm like, I remember turning to Kevin on the beach chair. I'm like, babe, I am pregnant. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, when did this happen? (laughs) And I'm like, babe, no, I am believing I'm I'm pregnant. We were speaking it. We were believing it. But we were so positive we were pregnant. At the end of the trip, we had baby names picked out. We knew how we were going to tell our parents. We knew what the nursery was going to look like. We were so confident we were pregnant. And the last day of that trip, 
one of my headaches hit, which usually put me in the hospital. And right. Kevin, at that point, the doctors tried to keep me out of the hospital. So they gave me injections of morphine for emergencies. And Kevin's like, Stephanie, just give yourself one. I'm like, no, I'm pregnant. I don't want to hurt the baby. And we ended up getting home. I took a test. It was negative, but I knew I was pregnant. I just knew I was pregnant. So I prayed. I said, God, I'm believing I'm pregnant. No matter what the test says, I know what your word says. And I'm believing I'm pregnant. So I said, protect this baby. So I injected myself. I was, you know, pretty much out of it for 24 hours. And I called the doctor and she said, Stephanie, we're going to try to give you some medicine to get pregnant, but you have to take a pregnancy test, but you have to do it on a certain day. So I'm like, fine. So I woke up on a Sunday morning and I took a pregnancy test and that pregnancy test that I was positive and I lost it. I was so excited. And I told Kevin and had to call the doctor's office that Monday. And I said, I'm, I just took a test and I paused and they're like, okay, when was your last cycle? And I'm like six months ago. And they're like, <laughs> uh, we need to see you. So we went in and I had the positive pregnancy test in my purse. I was just so excited. And Kevin, I looked at Kevin like, babe, let's believe that our baby's the size of a peanut because if it's a peanut, it's bigger than if it's a pea and we're further along. And he said, uh, okay, Steph. So the doctor came in and she scanned me and I, or I, our baby had arms and legs and it was moving everywhere. And our baby was 10 weeks long. And that meant when we said we were pregnant in Florida, we were pregnant in Florida. Wow. Wow. That is an amazing story. Uh, you know, you are truly uh, proof of the fact that if you can believe it and, and, and you can conceive it. And, and that's Absolutely. basically what happened there. Yes, it but, did. But, but life decided not to just make it that easy on you. It decided to throw more curveballs at you. <laughs> it did. That's a nice way of saying I it. I like that. Curveballs, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. So let's go into some of those other curveballs. <laughs> All right. So with the pregnancy, I was supernaturally healed. God had healed me completely from the electrocution. And I was like, babe, let's have another baby. I mean, we loved our little girl. She was a miracle. I wanted another one. and But my cycle still hadn't started. And I was like, doesn't matter. I didn't have a cycle with my other baby. I don't need a cycle. I just need God. So we just kept, you know, believing that we were going to be pregnant and pregnant. And it just wasn't happening. And our little girl was about two and a half years old. So we went to the doctor again and they said, we're going to do some scans on you. Well, lo and behold, they found a brain tumor. So that kind of, I don't know, spiraled into yes. some major testing and they found this the tumor was about was pressing close to pressing against my optic nerve you could barely put a piece of paper between the tumor and the optic nerve and they said if this tumor touches your optic nerve you will be blind and it's not coming back so you know a roundabout scan you know maybe we'll do surgery it turned into do we're going to need to do sur surgery sooner rather than later so they did surgery and I remember going in, no matter who I talked to, I told everyone I was going to be pregnant. And they almost just kind of looked at me like, okay, Stephanie, well, let's survive surgery. And then we'll go to the next step. Right. So I remember waking up from that surgery. And I looked at the doctor. I'm like, doctor, did I start my cycle? And he's like, well, you just got out of surgery. So no, <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. But Tell I'm, me still what it does. I'm still believing I'm going to be, I'm going to have my cycle. Well, 
<laughs> two weeks from that surgery, I woke up and I started my cycle and I just sobbed. I sobbed. It was the best thing ever. I called Kevin and I'm sobbing in the phone and bless his heart. He was freaking out because his wife just had surgery. And now she's calling him because, you know, she's sobbing. But I told him that my cycle started and I was so excited to go to the grocery store to buy feminine hygiene products. I couldn't wait to load up my cart. I had the worst cramps ever. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm cramping again. Cashier's like, this, this what's woman, up, weird lady? This woman is crazy, right? But after that, two weeks later, we got pregnant and we had baby number two, Miracle Little Two. Yes. So wow. Wow. pretty incredible. But, but along the way, Kevin had some obstacles, too, because uh, I guess nature didn't give enough to you guys to yeah. handle. So they wanted <laughs> to give you a little bit more on your plate to handle as well. Right. Another curveball, as you would say, right? Yeah, another right, curveball. Another curveball. So we talked about baby number three. And uh, by the way, for those keeping score at home, we no longer are talking about more kids. <laughs> <laughs> because every time we do, we have another curveball. Yes. But we're talking about baby number three. And all of a sudden, I find this lump in my jaw, right? And it ends up looking like a golf ball. And oh gosh, we go to specialist and they inform me. And at the at the time I was age 36, and they, they informed me that was uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a form of blood cancer. And that's the same exact diagnosis that my grandmother had passed away from when I was in eighth grade. And so of course it's like, you're kidding me. Are you sure you have the right patient? Are you sure you've got the right phone number? This can't be right. And so they're like, well, the good news is Kevin, that there's a 65% chance that you'll see age 40. I'm like, okay, that's the good news. So the good news is you're telling me there's a 35% chance I don't see age 40. They're like, yes, that, that is the good news we're sharing with you. And the sad news about cancer, the way uh, they equate survival is in five year survival rates. And, and, you know, it's not like you're going to meet age 40 and be cured. It means you're going to meet age 40. And that's what we think is cured, but we can't prove it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So went through testing, went through surgery. And I remember they, they had told me, Hey, Kevin, go ahead and tell your employer. And of course that time I'm in management for a uh, large company here in Columbus. And they're like, tell your employer that right before Christmas, starting, I think it was December 13th or 16th, you're going to need to do 16 weeks of chemo and go and let them know. Cause you're going to have to take time off of work. I was like, okay, what's the odds that the cancer cells were only in my jaw? And you got it from the the surgery. And they're like, Mr. Mason, this is a blood cancer. If you have a golf ball on your jaw, we're expecting those cancer cells to be all through your body. I'm like, okay, but just tell me, what's the odds? And they're like, okay, we're just going to humor you less than 10% chance. I'm like, okay, well, I'm praying for a miracle here, right? It's like, so you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) So we're praying for a miracle. We get to that December 16th and I was expecting to start chemo that day. And they're like, you know what, Mr. Mason, let's, let's do, let's do a little bit more testing. So I did like full body test scans and bone marrow biopsies and all this stuff. And then they called me later. They're like, Mr. Mason, you got your miracle. It was only in your jaw. It it is not throughout your body. 
however, we're going to do uh, 13 treatments of, of radiation, right? And so long story short, they end up frying my throat mm-hmm. with those radiation treatments. I spent a nice uh, 10 day visit at the, the cancer hospital and, but we got through it, right? So it's six months and gosh, and then they, they call and tell you that you're cancer free. And it's just like, thank you, God, right? Six months and then praying for another baby mm-hmm. and end up having a miscarriage. We had a miscarriage and then we got blessed with our little man. Yes. Tate turns four this weekend. Yes. And he's amazing. And we delivered. And as we're leaving the hospital, uh, the doctor's like, you know what? I'm hearing something in his heart. I just want you to follow up with children. So I'm like, children. I'm like, ah, he's fine. Like, no, our little boy, he's amazing. He's fine. So Kevin had to go back to work. And a few days after I got home from the hospital delivering, was at Children's Hospital and they said, ma'am, we just want to let you know that your son was born with two holes in his heart and we are hoping we won't have to do surgery, but we're going to have to monitor him extensively throughout this first year. And I, and I, it just gutted me. I'm like, well, this perfect little baby that I just yeah. delivered has two holes in his heart. Another like, curveball. No. Another <laughs> curveball right. on your plate. Oh, a nasty curveball. It just got at me because there's one thing when it's you or your spouse but it's when it's your baby child when it's your child like i could and plus i have all these hormones going in my body and i called my husband sobbing sobbing and he said stephanie what are you doing do you not see what god has brought us through he's like babe we're gonna do exactly what we did for our healing and we're gonna trust god and we're gonna speak over our son and he's gonna be healed and i put my big girl pants on and i'm like you're right that's what we're gonna do and every week every month i looked at that pediatrician every time he put that stethoscope to my son's heart and i said what do you hear what do you hear and he's like stephanie i still hear it i still hear i'm like okay but you're not gonna hear it And at his 12 month appointment, he put the stethoscope up and he put it up and he kept moving it and moving it and moving it. And I got the biggest smile. I'm like, you don't hear anything, do you? And he's like, I don't hear anything. And we went to children's hospital and he, she's like, your son's healed. I hear nothing. And so we now are a family of five healthy whole completely restored family. Yeah. Three kids. The doctor said we (laughs) probably were not possible. And then it turned into everybody starting to give us their opinion, right? Which I love, doctor. I love it when people give me their unsolicited advice. And it turns into, hey, you guys should write a book. Hey, you guys should write a book. And I'm like, hey, you should keep your opinion to yourself. That's what you should do. And then people started introducing us like, hey, here's this is Kevin and Steph Mason, our friends. You should hear their story. They could even write a book. And so we're like, oh, my gosh. All right. We need to write a book. And I, I debated on like, maybe I could do a long article or maybe a children's book about this. No, we had to do the whole thing. So it turned into that. Then it turned into how do we market the book? Right. And that turned into a podcast and called tell us a good story. And we're two years into this now. And we just found out we're in the top one and a half percent now in all podcasts. And it's, a, it's just crazy how, what this has turned into. And then now we're on you know, the, the radio show on the same broadcasting network as you. And, and um, we get to be interviewed by amazing interview by people you. like you. Yes. yes. And we would never have thought this, right? Just amazing. Just the journey God's brought us on and the people we get to meet like yourself and, and just share the story. 
Yeah, and it's huge, the story and how it keeps growing and keeps doing better. And, you know, I, I think uh, a positive message is so important in this day and age. There's so much negativity out there. Yes. I haven't noticed so much anger, so much angst, so much people uh, wanting, uh, you know, you're driving in traffic and, and people are <laughs> right. angry. You know, it, it's a difficult world right now. Oh, 100%. Just think, I mean, the anxiety that people have, right? Just with the COVID stuff and being locked in your house and not seeing your relatives and your family members. And so that was one reason why we started the podcast was to give people good news, right? Because I learned when, when I was going through the cancer treatments, doctor, I, I needed to hear something encouraging every single day. I needed to laugh. I needed to hear something funny or inspiring and motivating just to get through the day, right? Because there were months where we didn't even hear a good report from a doctor, right? And so that's one reason we started this and hopefully we provide that with our radio show and, and podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's huge. And I, I think what you guys have done is huge. And, and you've really come through the storm. You've really uh, done great. Oh, now, I'm you. going to ask a question. My show is called how do you how to live a fantastic life and i'm going to ask a pointed question to you okay. two as it currently exists how do you live a fantastic life uh you marry a unicorn like i did <laughs> that's how you uh play the fantastic life i i married this woman and uh, you know gosh i didn't even know people like this existed right but Go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you answer. First. No, I'm loving this. I mean, <laughs> you keep showing me love and affection. This is fantastic. Just as a married couple, I and of course we outline this in the book, the plans we went through. But it's been vital, doctor, for us to be on the same page. It has been yes. vital for us to be on the same page, especially when you're going through a catastrophe or a rough situation with your kid or a family member. And so, for us to be on the same page has been critical to us living a, a fantastic life, right? With us talking, um, with us just focused on next steps only, with us getting a mentor that we look up to for a marriage, right? So we found someone in our church who's, gosh, about a decade older than us. They've got adult children. And for us just to sit down and have coffee with them once every six weeks. And unfortunately, doctor, <laughs> the problem is, again, I married a unicorn, right? So every time we have a conversation, it's my fault. <laughs> it turns into, hey, Steph, why don't you just share what's going on? And then Steph shares and they're like, okay, Kevin, what would you like to say? And I'm like, okay, I know that sounded really bad, what she just said, but let me try to explain. <laughs> but that has been critical to us in our marriage, finding someone who's been through this stuff and kind of help mentor us through things. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, and that's huge. And, and that I think is, is the essence of things is, you know, not getting beaten down, not letting the small things in life bother you. And in essence, it's all small things. It's, it's all little things. Amen. It is. You're right. And that's the thing with everything we've gone through. Kevin always just said, what's the next step? Just look at next steps, because when you look at the whole picture, when you look at everything that was taken from us with the electrocution, if you look, we almost didn't have children. If you looked with his brain can or his uh, cancer diagnosis, it was so overwhelming and it was scary. But every day, Kevin would say, just next, next step. step. What's the next step? Because you can look at the next step. 
and achieve that. And then there's another step. But if you look at the big picture, what might happen, what could happen? Yes. It's just so overwhelming. So we always just say, look at the next step. And that's all you have to focus on. Yeah. Well, that's huge. You know, our time has flown by together already. So I'm going to ask you guys, how can people get in touch with your world and find out more about you? Perhaps your podcast, perhaps your book, all those things that are important. Yeah. So you can go to our website, kevinandsteph.com. There you can find our book uh, called You Met Her Where, and it goes through all of this stuff and our sense of humor. And then all of our episodes as well are archived on there. But anywhere where you get podcasts, just look up Tell Us a Good Story. And every fifth episode is Steph and I sharing our own stories. But we have amazing guests on there as well who have incredible stories to share, whether it's Dog the Bounty Hunter or Ice for American Gladiators or a former hitman with the Italian mob, right? Who talked about how he got out of the mob and all of it. Just incredible, the people we've met. So thank you. Sounds great. Thank you very much for being here today. And thank you for sharing with us. This was a lot of fun. Aw, thank you so much for having us. It was our pleasure. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I hope to talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic day.